Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. This is the news crew and I'm your host, Keith McGinty. It's the usual quiet week in the NFL. Star QBs getting shopped around, former execs accusing their old bosses of cheating, and the Jets finally get a QB, just not the one that we all thought it would be. Tonight we're going to be talking about all the latest NFL news, have a broad look at the upcoming draft, and of course we'll have our awesome statistic of the week. Like, subscribe and follow the crew on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch and YouTube. As always, I'm joined by usually some of the finest crew members, but tonight it is the finest crew member. I'm joined by Stu, our North American attaché, and the best thing to come out of Canada since, and I had to look this up, things that Canadians invented, the paint roller is number one. Did you know that? Oh, I, yeah, I did know that. <laughs> That's our giant claim to fame. <laughs> Although I think Canadians also claim the telephone as Ooh. well, because Alexander Graham Bell, although he was Scottish, he actually um, carried out the first phone call from Canada, which is why Canada has plus one as their, uh, their add-on to, like, you know, in the country list when you dial up. It's Canada and the States share the plus one. You, you come for the NFL and you stay for the, the pub quiz winning um, knowledge that, that comes yeah, with the trivia. Yep. The, <laughs> That's what you want. Uh, have, you had, have you had a good week, Stu? Uh, it's been a fantastic week, actually. It's finally warming up. I think uh, today it's going to reach a balmy seven degrees. The snow is melting. Uh, by Sunday, it's going to be 17, they're saying as well. So spring has finally appeared in Edmonton. I'm also just back from Vancouver as well. Which is, uh, that was with work? That was with work, uh, but it was actually pretty good. Um, I mean, we'll step aside from all the training stuff. Uh, but what yeah. was good was it was like people from the, the company from all over North America. So ended up having a bit of uh, gridiron chat whilst I was nice. there. A few of the folks, um, you know, just talking to people that were fans of different teams. There was a bunch of them from the Northwest. There was obviously a few Seahawks in attendance. Yeah. There was a bunch of guys and girls from Michigan. Yeah, there you go. You've got the Seahawks stuff out tonight. Um, yeah, there was a few folks in Michigan. So they were Lions fans. So it was really oh. good. To kinda, you know, I know I've said this before, but it's good to kind of, or it's always good for uh, to have some chat with the other embattled big cat teams. <laughs> so we love. For DJ Chark. Oh, nice. So That's good. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not have a good week, mate. No, terrific, terrific. We're on um, our Easter holidays here. Um, so off the schools are off. So Spring nice... break here. Spring break. Spring break. Woo! Yeah, um, yeah having, having a good time with the, the family. Been swimming a few times. Um, hopefully get a, a wee round of golf in next week. And yeah, just hope get the... The house up to, to scratch. We've been in two years now. Really, we should have like, all the posters and that up in the vault. That's the, the right. grand plan. So for next week, I'm hoping to have some pictures up there. Some, up there. I'm going to get some Seahawks uh, stuff up there and Celtic stuff and up there as well. So, that's uh, yeah. my plan for above uh, my guitars here. I'm going to put in nice. a shelf on the top. Mm-hmm. And then the plan is I'm going to get in some of my uh, some of my memorabilia. That one on the top there, so that we can see it in the call. Uh, I don't know as well, I'm you getting... can't see it because it's reflected in the light here. But that's my Saint Pavel Nedved picture Ooh. there. So I mean, not not gridiron, obviously, but that's my one of my sporting <laughs> memorabilia good. things. Got that up there. I'm going to get a wee shelf. I'm going to get a wee shelf, and I'm just going to fill it just now. And this bit here, I've got all my my Lego memorabilia, so Star Wars, uh, Batman, and things like that. Uh, Marvel 
one, so nice. I'm going to get them yep. all up and get a nice wee display. Meant to be for, for my oldest son, but um, I we shared I them a, at Christmas. I do have a a Gimli. Nice. Lord oh, of the Rings figure in there. That's yeah. pretty cool. We're going to turn this into the Lego Iron Crew. <laughs> I've also got all my Star Wars stuff up there, but I'm not going to start pulling that down, so I'll make a giant mess. But I've got an Interceptor, be... some Jedi Starfighters. See, when we get into really, really struggling for stuff to talk about um, between now and September, I think mug. that's... Mm. <laughs> Various lightsabers. <laughs> I'm getting a wee bit, I'm a bit unsure about the Mandalorian. It's turning a wee bit into like Star Wars version of Power Rangers. But listen, listen. That's yeah, let's, let's not let's not spoil it for other people. And that, that's we'll that's, a great, that's a great spin-off. Uh, we can have spinning is a good trick. That can be a Star Wars uh, <laughs> spin-off podcast. Nice, nice. Um, okay, we'll start with our kickoff question. And as you're our Main Bengals apologist. I thought we'd go for a Bengal centric question for you tonight. The uh, uh, big news this week, of course, the, the biggest news was that Joe Burrow finally topples Fiona the Hippo as the best Cincinnatian, um, who That's is the resident resident Hippo at the Cincinnati Zoo. Um, finally, he has um, claimed top spot as the everybody's favourite. Um, Surely he's due an extension now, a bumper one to rival Lamar Jackson. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to Lamar, but uh, I have <laughs> to say, uh, Rappaport got me pretty good the other day <laughs> when, he, when he tweeted out, all, all I saw was the little notification popping up saying congrats or congratulations to Joe Burrow. So I thought, oh, is this it? Because we, we knew we've been hearing rumours that the contract's coming down the pipeline, and I thought this well, is it. The extension's there. We're going to find out how many millions he's signing for, and uh, what's going to happen to T Higgins and Joe Mixon and those other folk that are also either <laughs> have money that might need to go, or are going to get paid as well, or maybe not get yes. paid. Um, but yeah, anywho, then it ended up being that he'd dethroned the hippo to become the best Cincinnatian. And, uh, so, but yeah, congratulations to him. That's that's uh, fantastic. I have to say, the hippo is clearly a worthy winner if it's uh, five years in the trot that it's been up there. That, that's a sight to go and see. I do enjoy seeing the, the hippos at the, the zoo. Same. Probably prefer them to pandas, right? Enough pandas can be quite I cute and all that, but it's so boring. It's so boring. It's really boring. I'm not, I'm not into the pandas at the zoo. Like, uh, it's, yeah. Jack Black. See, once you've seen one panda, to... you've seen them all. Aye, Jack Black's got a lot to answer for. The Kung Fu panda. Kind of raises expectations a wee bit too high there. You go expecting all sorts. <laughs> um, so, what were you? Who's your hometown heroes then? Um, thinking of Joe Burrow now being the, the main Cincinnati. And you were born in Port Hope, Ontario. Ah, but you were you were you were formed formed in the main streets of Irvine. Am I, am I right in saying? Yep, and now I live in Edmonton. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we, we should I should I choose one or two? Or... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Port Port Hope. All I've got is a, and I don't even know her name. The the actress that played Money Penny. She lived there for a while. She's not actually Ooh. from there, but <laughs> that's all I've got for Port Hope. So moving swiftly on. Um, I've got often... a James Bond one for Blantyre. Then I've got um, oh, uh, Ryan Fletcher. Ryan Fletcher, nice. known uh, uh, for his, his times in uh, was it River City and Gary Tank Commander, but he was also in that Pennyworth. I don't know if you've seen that uh, about Alfred's early days. He's David Boy. He's David Boy, the, the Scottish comedy um, best pal type thing. But um, uh, he's Blantyre, one of Blantyre's famous exports just now. 
Um, of course, there's also David Livingston. Um, yeah, he's very famous. Missionary. Um, supposedly a good guy. He wasn't, he wasn't fire and brimstone to when he was preaching in mm-hmm. Africa in the 19th century. So supposedly a good guy. But um, there was one I was looking up there. <laughs> I love this one. There's William Botchop Wilson. Botchop. I like big Botchops there. <laughs> Great name. Absolutely fantastic name. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but we give the world Botchops. That's perfect. Um, a progressive politician emigrated from La- uh, Blantyre, Lanarkshire, uh, to Pennsylvania when he was a child. So there you go. That's, that's Ooh, our hometown heroes. You know, it says he, uh, he probably organised the. He, he was a active in the Labour organisers. So, why uh, he definitely was fine. He definitely was in about the Steelers. Well, I mean, I don't know if yep. I can go on board with that one. Um, for it's me, for botchops. Uh, botchops. For <laughs> for me, for uh, for Irvin, um, I was originally going to go with Nicola, but uh, I don't know if I don't know Don't if we'll cool. get any of that. We'll see, we'll see how that goes this week. And uh, let's not turn <laughs> this into a political podcast. So uh, I will move on to my second choice for Irvin. The thing is, is with Irvin, we kind of get a load of people that it's sort of almost cheating because we were the, the big maternity ward for the west coast of Scotland for a while. Like, so right. anyone south of Glasgow was born in Irvine. So you always see X person born in Irvine and I'm like, well, can we really claim them? It's like me being born in Port Hope, but then growing up in yeah. Irvine and really being from there. Um, so no, I'm going to go with someone that was actually from Irvine, lived there, although he emigrated when he was a teenager. Edgar Allan Poe, I think he's the best mm. Irvineite. Obviously, famously moved to America, and oh crap, he's maybe a Ravens fan. I was going to say he's Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore favorite. He's all over. Okay, Chris Boyd then for the Angels. That's the best person to come out of. I'm going to have to wait, find ways Kelly to edit this and get a wee bleep thing on this. Can I have Chris Boyd? No. What about Simon Neal? Please sing the best. Simon. Well, I mean, he's another one that like uh, he was born in Orphan, but it doesn't actually mean he's really from Orphan. Okay. Okay. Right. Because he's called Walls. All right, we'll take it. Him or Eddie Irvin. There we go. One of the two. Eddie Irvin, um, great last name. <laughs> right, good, good. We have millions of pieces of news to, to catch up on um, for this week in the, the NFL. Really, spin the wheel. Where do you start? We've got... Um, wow. That's, it's, 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 I think we let's, start with... Let's go for go it. With, let you choose. I was going to say, let's go with... Quarterbacks. I'll pick quarterbacks for five hundred dollars. Quarterbacks. There you are. You pick your so, choice of news regarding quarterbacks because there's a few, few bits of news. Well, just pulling up the Pats have you. said the Pats have said that they will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson, and it came out this week that they have been actively shopping uh, Mac Jones to to see if they can get a trade for him, but then distance themselves from. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, who's still trying to get either a new deal with the Ravens or try to force a, a, a trade, which um, mm-hmm. it came out in the last week that he had requested a couple of weeks ago. It's interesting that it took two weeks for that to actually come out, though, and it just shows you how if he's working for himself, which I believe it's himself and his mum that are doing the negotiations with the Ravens, then it's surprising that he's not um, leaking information a wee bit sooner. It just shows you maybe he's not that way inclined. He's trying to do it all up front and as a last resort, just resort to actually using the media in that way. Whereas you would think that 
um, actual agents who work in the best interest of their clients kind of find ways and have these wee inroads into the media. We see it in Scotland here when it comes to the football as well. Mm-hmm. I think it would be quite interesting that it's, it's taking that long for the information about him handing in the, re- the trade request uh, to come out. What do you think uh, is going to be happening there? Could you have seen Lamar Jackson as a as a um, Pat's starting QB? I mean, it's one of those things where... Yeah, I like I, I could see them being if if they've decided they're moving on for Mike Jones, mm-hmm. I can't see why they wouldn't be interested in Lamar. Because, you know, that was the part of that story that surprised me when the Pats said we have no interest in Lamar Jackson and then yeah. it turned around and they said, Oh, they've been shopping Mac Jones. And to me, I can't say that you'd be shopping Mac Jones if you're not interested in picking up Lamar, because there's not really yeah. anybody else that's still floating around free agency that I would say would be a good fit for the Pats or that's going to make them compete right now or compete any better than what Matt Jones can. Um, and also, like and we, we spoke about Matt Jones a bit and uh, me being the apologist I am, I've kind of been, def- I've been one of the few, well, not few, because I guess the Pats boys have been defending him quite vociferously as well. But yeah. for me, I've been one of the Matt Jones, not believers, I would say, but I kind of put more, you know, more stock in what he did his first season than what we saw last year because let's face it the play calling and whatever they were trying to do with their offense was all over the shop so i don't blame matt jones for that so to me i could see yeah if they're shopping matt jones i think they've been looking at uh, they've been looking at lamar whether they'd say that or not and i think also the pats the way they are we know that they don't as much as they might try and, you know, bring players to their team, they're also not really that known for leaking things to the media all that early yeah. either. Yeah. Um, from the Lamar side, uh, I have to say, like, that, I, I agree with what you said. Like, um, I, you know, I respect him quite a bit because I think what this does show is that he is a guy that's not, you know, he's not exactly doing the going on his Instagram and deleting the team's name from his bio and spitting yes. the dummy and posting pictures of himself that people have photoshopped of him in different uniforms <laughs> or whatever you know all those kind of tactics that whether it's players or their agents make them do yes. so to me I, I almost find it kind of i'm sure it's annoying for ravens fans but to me as an outsider i, I can find it a bit refreshing that he's going you know what i'm going to try and keep most of this business behind closed doors because clearly he wants paid but i think the guy maybe does just want to stay in baltimore at the end of the day and that's the team that drafted him and he's done so well with. So, And it's the team that seems to be most set up for him as well. Um, interesting that the, the Pats were been linked with him. Um, a couple of their friends, Danny and, and Scott, massive Pats fans. Even their faith in Mac was a wee bit tested last year, but I think they were putting that more at Matt Patricia's yeah, um, they were, they feet were yeah, they were definitely yeah, no. they were in the camp of the play calling and the you know the play design and yes. just hanging Mac out to dry a few times as well. They just they, they didn't really give him all that much. And um, you think Bill you know, O'Brien will make a big difference for Mac this year? Then I think so. I th- I mean you know they're obviously in a tough division because like the Dolphins mm-hmm. are going to be good again. The Bills yep. are the Bills and the Jets. Speaking of quarterbacks. <laughs> It's kind of really for the Jets, it's dependent on what actually happens there. If they can get that trigger pulled on that big massive trade that everyone's been talking about all summer, um, you know, if they do it, then I think they're going to be looking pretty strong as well. So, 
you know, it's just one of those things where if I'm the Pats, I would ride with Mac because what's the point? And you don't want to flush it because the Pats aren't that far away from being good, but they are in a hard division. So you want to stay competitive and then just see what happens. I think for the Ravens, they're they're kind of playing it nice and calm. They've kind of got the ball in their court just now. Um, The Ravens GM, Eric DaCosta, was saying that he can see more than four guys in the draft who can be significant NFL quarterbacks. And it seems to be quite a, a stacked draft this year when it comes to QBs. There's the top four or five that everybody keeps talking about, and we'll maybe discuss a couple of them later on. But it seems to be quite cordial between them then. They're not openly saying, listen, we're moving on. Really, they should yeah. be covering their, their own backs a little bit. I can't see um, Lamar Jackson then like holding out and not turning up. I think they say it works out around about $2 million. Two million every game. If he was to to set out and miss, I can't see him. I don't take a businessman. Yeah. He is. I don't think he's. It, there doesn't seem to be that animosity between them that he's trying to force it that much, or sitting out for the for the season. Um, I'll be interested to see what they they do there. One man who used to play for the the Pats, and I was thinking that I could see the Pats going for Lamar Jackson because uh, Cam Newton was there, and you could see him being an upgrade in Cam Newton. Cam Newton's mentioned in the news this week that he has a list of quarterbacks that he'd be happy to play behind and then that he's never said that he wanted to come as a, an a QB1 yeah. and a starter. He's happy to be. Hey, I think he realises that he's needing a payday now, doesn't do, he? Do you know what? Like, uh, I don't, Did you see any of his, uh, like his kind of, I guess his pro day type video? <laughs> thing he shot the other day. Like, um, I, know, really I, know obviously, I know, it's, it's a bit... He's looking a bit off. <laughs> but it was. He's still it was got like Saturday Night Live. Like, oh, it was a bit something, but he could definitely throw a bomb. But <laughs> he, he didn't look like the Cam Newton that we like MVP he, Cam Newton. Twirly Adams walking back, yeah. going, "Aye, aye, no, no." Yeah. I, I think he realizes that his time out in the cold, it's time to come in, and he's happy to, to get a wee bench somewhere and. Sit and enjoy and get paid when you've seen the yeah, amount of players that are. Get a few million a year to be, a, you know, get a few million for a year and just try and find a good spot. And hey, maybe there's an injury and then you can step in and do your thing. That's it. He's proven at the NFL level. I think he just needs somewhere where he's maybe wanted. The, the limelight's off him a wee bit, although he, he would prefer to have that shown on him. But so, who, who's his, uh, so out of his top 10, where do you think would be the best spot for Cam Newton? Right, let's see. I'm trying to remember where it was he said he was going to go to again. Um, I'm just pulling up his list again to do it earlier. But... Did, he pro- did he produce the actual list of where he would say? Yes, oh, he named cool. nine. Right, so the nine quarterbacks. So uh, behind Lamar Jackson, uh, behind Josh Allen, Fields, uh, Chicago Bears, um, Deshaun Watson at the Browns, uh, Tua Tagovailoa at the Dolphins, Behind Jalen Hurts, he's not really uh, aiming for the, the teams that are they're going to be struggling this season, and you know, one that does the, the Tennessee Titans, Malik Willis. Um, I, that's the one I found really that jumped out at me. That I went like, okay, that's interesting. He said, you know, out of all the guys his name and he'd play behind Malik was mm-hmm. one of the ones that he said like, oh yeah, I would play behind him. And it's like, well, he's also not the starter on that team because I mean, as far as we know, it's like it's still going to be Tannehill. Again, yep. this year going forward, and I don't see why it wouldn't be. And for me, I thought, well, for Malik, it's like he's in a good spot where he came out of a draft that was, you know, as opposed to this year, 
and like the Joe Burrow to uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, or sorry, Lawrence was the next year, but um, you know, out uh, uh, the last few drafts where there's been like a bunch of kind of good quarterbacks, that Malik here, yeah, it's not that they're bad quarterbacks, it's just they were people that maybe needed a little bit longer to, to develop. So, like, to me, I look yeah. at Malik and I think. He might, you know, in a couple of years they might get there playing behind Tannehill. That would be good for him. So interesting that he said he would play behind him because to me, I'm going like, well, you're not, you're clearly not getting past Tannehill, regardless of what everybody thinks of Tannehill. The man is solid enough in the NFL and he'll, he'll win games even on a bad team. Um, the other thing I noticed about this list of uh, players, like with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, um, a lot of them, I think it actually kind of shows, and I know two obviously did a lot better throwing last year, it kind of shows that he's thinking, well, what are teams that are likely to have a playbook that my style would fit? And sure, again, obviously Josh yes. Allen is able to chuck the ball, although maybe not always that well in the red zone. Um, but yeah, like Lamar, stylistically, he would be a great backup for him. Same with Justin Fields as well. Uh, Josh Allen too, because he has the running part down. Jalen Hurts, although the Hurts was running a lot less last year. But I think Cam Newton, he could take a wee shove in the arse, like, you know, to when they do their kind of little scrum thing to get the, the short yardage stuff. <laughs> so that's, you know, that maybe maybe behind Jalen Hurts would be a good spot. Did Minshew move yet, though? Or has he decided to go back to the Eagles again? Because it's like Minshew mm. seems, seems to really I like it he there. And he's Minshew fine with yeah. Has moved and he is currently at, here I see again. He's Colts. Yeah, he's, oh, he's moved to the Colts. Okay, okay. Well, you'll be the starter all the other year then. Looks like it. Um, <laughs> just that we were looking at Malik more. Willis. You were talking about Malik Willis. He'd actually got quite a good write-up when he came to the draft um, yep. last year. He had three full games um, for the Titans, uh, but not very way. much yardage. I know. Um, the, t- the Titans were an absolute bonfire last year though in the same way like uh, they had a few injury issues because I, I think I, I can't remember if he played the Bengals or not but I remember seeing Malik in a few games last year and yeah. there was one, one game he looked really good and then there was two games or one or two games where he was basically making rookie mistakes and on the run and getting smashed and throwing the ball to stupid places but it was because yeah. he was rushed and I, it was one of those where I was kind of going I don't know how much I can actually put down to him not being you know well, he gets just, three games. Aye, those yeah. three games. He gets three games and uh, three interceptions for two hundred and thirty yards, roughly. That's that's not a great start. It's not going to fill you with confidence. So no, I could maybe a, see him yeah. singling him out there, especially if Tannehill's not for, the, yeah, the flavor of the month there. Yeah. Speaking of the Titans, though, I don't know if uh, this was something I caught the other day. I don't know if you did. Yeah. And, uh, for me, it kind of it means a little bit more because there's the whole. Uh, I live in Edmonton, so we have uh, Edmonton Oilers of the hockey team here. Um, yes. So there was always that bit of tie-in, and there's also uh, shared history between Edmonton's um, like CFL team and mm-hmm. the old Houston Oilers, who eventually became the Tennessee Oilers, who then changed their name to the Titans. So the the Titans have announced, they, they basically kind of hinted that they're going to be bringing back either the helmets or the jerseys, I guess, because he posted this like oil drum, it was like coming soon, kind of thing with like oil dripping down it. So <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> kind of a bit greasy. But at the same time, I'm going like, you know what? See the old the old Oilers uniforms; they were fantastic. Kind of thing with it that, nice like... white and light blue, and 
Like the, the was I? I'm just looking at it just now. As you say, light blue jersey, uh, the white helmet with the the oiler, um, station stand type thing uh, on the side there. Ah, it's, it's quite. It seems a, a nice all American style uniform. Maybe Chargers would be something similar. Um, Aye, just Char- now. Chargers is kind of similar, but it's. Uh, I think they could do something kind of pretty fun with it. So I expect you know it'll probably be a throwback for a Thursday night or. Something like that. Or maybe they'll just be doing the decal and the, the helmets. But even that will be cool. Um, but yeah, the shared history between here and the Oilers franchise um, was Warren Moon was the the Edmonton, well, the Eskimos at the time in the 80s. He was the quarterback. And he's like one of the few guys that has went from, you know, the CFL and had a career there and yes. been lights out, like won multiple Grey Cups, and then he moved down to the NFL and had like an absolutely spa- like sparkling career there as well. So he's like one of the guys that made it. But I don't know if that just goes back to in the 80s, the CFL wasn't really that far off. Mm-hmm. The NFL, in terms of quality, maybe you know, as times went on and monies went like this for the NFL, yeah. it's it's like the, the EPL and the SPL in Scotland. But yeah, Warren, Warren Moon, he, he broke a lot of... A lot, no, I think he was like one of the, the first black quarterbacks to play in the CFL as well. So the guy was mm-hmm. kicking down kind of door, uh, doors and all that. So and then did well in the NFL too. So I did not realize it was, it was yourself telling us this earlier on about the, the Houston Oilers moving to, to Tennessee and then changing to the Titans. I didn't realize yeah. that. It was, um, I've been watching um, one of the documentaries on Disney Plus this week. It was the Al Davies versus the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, it's absolutely terrific. Um, if you haven't seen it, thoroughly recommend you watch it. What an absolute character Davis was, and just a agitator. And you'd probably <laughs> say he helped in a way, helped uh, progress the NFL into kind of what it is today. But by doing that, one of the major things was the franchise being able to move from where they were. Um, so right. the Oakland Raiders moving to LA, yep. and now, of course, the East Sun's taken over the Raiders and they've moved to, to Vegas. Vegas yeah. By doing that, he's actually opened the floodgates for all the other teams to, to do that. Yeah. At, uh, I mean, Baltimore Colts, of course. Yeah. I mean, part of that, like, it kind of um, makes me a bit sad. Like, you're, you know, that's so seeing teams, teams move always kind of makes you a bit sad. Didn't the Baltimore Colts, or sorry, Baltimore, what were they called? Baltimore, before the Browns moved there to be the Ravens, that team used to be a CFL team because there used to be US right. teams that played in the C- That was the other difference. There used to be wow. US teams that played in the CFL, and that was when it was a little bit stronger of a league. And uh, I guess we can get this is like a probably could be an entire other podcast, but essentially the Canadians shot themselves in the foot by bringing in the you need to have. You know, at least a, a minimum number of Canadian-born uh, players Amazing. on your team, uh, and then what happened was the American teams were winning all the time, and eventually Baltimore were like, "Okay, we're out of here." And I think the owners amalgamated with the Browns owners to move the Browns franchise over, and then they became the Baltimore Ravens, so, which is why we should probably hate them more than we hate Brian's Browns. But <laughs> anywho, yeah, Brian's like supporting like a weird. Uh, it's almost like the Sevco in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> You'll love it when he hears that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the moving of the franchises. Actually, like that's that's something that I've still no. kind of. I mean, I get I get why it's good in some ways, but um, I just feel so sorry it's... for those fans. Or you know, if you've got an Oakland fan, say that's been like yes. an Oakland fan for years, and they move them to LA and then they move them back, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're off to Vegas. 
I don't know how I'd feel. The like A's as well. Time. The Oakland A's are moving out of Oakland as well, so they're they're, they're threatening to. Um, oh, their their owners are an absolute. <laughs> I guess I'm trying not to swear too bad there, but uh, I don't like the Oakland A's uh, owner. He's he's not good. the biggest problem. And never talk baseball. The biggest problem with baseball is the owners. Right. If they could see if they could get the owners to actually like the Oakland guy just likes to sit and collect cash. And he never builds a team that can see. It's the same with the Baltimore Orioles owner as well. Just give me my money because they have a like a true profit sharing model. So like you know the Yankees right. obviously they can make extra money from their TV fund and or you know TV deal. So that's how they get their extra cash. But overall, the league has like a proper split by you know between everybody ticket sale. You know, merchandise the, deal. But of course, the NFL owners are all absolute saints and should. Uh, oh, of course, to, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why the Bengals are so good. <laughs> <laughs> and the Browns make the uh, decisions. One, one other team changing the, their uniform ever so slightly is the Panthers and making a slight colour correction. Um, it's something to do with when Nike took over from Reebok, I think it was beforehand. Mm-hmm. The materials that they used, they couldn't get actual uniform colours that. That went with the colours of the team and then um, so every time they had the, their tops and things like that, depending on the material it was, it'd be a slightly different shade but they've managed to rectify yeah. that they finally managed to get like that that kind of bluey colour or whatever to work or stick to it Like, <laughs> yes, um, going back to um, the Panthers and talking about um, the QBs and we've got a theme of QBs throughout the, the yeah. news this week um, but we're going to pivot to the Panthers' new tight end, and I know you're a big fan of him, Hayden Hurst, yeah. and he plans to become uh, the rookie QB's best friend. Um, I think that's a terrific move. First of all, you're very, very sad to see him leave your Bengals, but uh, I, I can see. I wish we could know. have had him for more than one year, and obviously yeah. it's just the the money didn't work out, and he completely deserves his payday. Uh, I. I think he's he was absolutely fantastic for us last year. So hopefully we can find a way to replace him because it wasn't just the receptions. Like in terms of being a QB's best friend, he's a great yes. blocker. He's a great blocker as well. Or like you know you can just add him onto the end of your line. Like that's what you do with tight ends, and um, you can stick him on the end there. And he almost acts as like an extra lineman. So I can see him in Carolina being exactly what he's saying. It's like he either is a security blanket catching the ball, or just adding to that offensive line and giving this quarterback a little bit more time. So Horst will definitely do that. So I hope he does well, just if we're playing them at any point, hopefully not so well against us. That's that's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> but I still like the guy. Um, 439 yards last season for Hayden Horst. Um, 8.13 yards per carry as well. Eight yards per catch. Uh, yeah. Aye, impressive, impressive. Um, I thought it'd be a really, really good bit of uh, experience there, especially if you've got a brand new QB coming in their first year to try and help settle them in, having strong heads around them like that, and I think someone that's got that experience, as you said, they only had the, the one season with the Bengals, um, a couple of seasons with the Baltimore Ravens, then yeah. Atlanta Falcons, before going to your, your guys there, but hopefully next season they'll be able to set up yeah, um, digs there for a, for a couple of seasons and get a good relationship with Whoever they, they decide yeah, whoever to they choose with the number yeah. one. Whoever they land with. So, yeah, but like 
Carolina as well, though, it's like as much as, again, we're seeing rookie quarterbacks coming in, they're going to be picking high, so they get their pick of who goes in there, so they can really decide what the, you know, the style of play they're going to have for the, you know, the next 5, 10, 15 years based on that. And uh, I do think they've made some good moves in terms of who they brought in signing-wise. And that division, as we all know, is kind of, you know, it wasn't the strongest last year at all, putting it mildly. Um, so I think that, I've not seen Carolina go in and win the division in the first year, but I think they're well set up to whoever comes in, like year two, year three, they could be up near, near the top and they'll definitely be pushing for the playoffs. So just take it easy and see how they go. I, I think a, a, a terrific move for them. Another tight end that was on the, the move this summer was a Patriots' new tight end, Mike Gusecki. Um It's not the QB that he's mentioned that he's fired up, super fired up to finally work with. It's uh, Bill O'Brien. Um, yeah. <laughs> big move, big move, bringing, bringing Bill O'Brien back to the, the parts. Um, after last season and the decimal performances that the, the Pats were having um, I think it's a terrific move to, to bring him back and the experience that he's, he's got. Where was Bill O'Brien last year? Where was Bill O'Brien last year? We need to check that. Was he... I'll check that the, the, the now. Do you think it's going to be a, a terrific move as we mentioned? Yeah. I, I mean, the one thing I Max would say to... or what, what Sorry, I, was there, I was just going to say there on Gusecki uh, the one thing that I, that kind of signaled to me was, you know, even beyond the Bill O'Brien move coming back, that's almost saying that we're going to change a little bit about how we look and what the makeup of our offense is because uh, Gasicki is a great receiving tight end, less good at doing that job I was talking about where you chip in on the line. Um, and if you yeah. look at a few tight ends they've had, they've kind of went for those big guys. They've always went for, they can receive as well, but... Mm-hmm. They kind of go for those guys that are going to help out the line and play that kind of, I guess, slower grind in football was the way they were looking. And last year, yes. mixed in with the Patricia thing, as we mentioned earlier, it did not work out at all. Bringing Gesicki, he's not really the traditional kind of tight end that the Pats employ. So to me, that kind of signals that they're definitely going to move on and they're, they're, they're going to be trying out some new stuff this year. So maybe we're going to see a more adventurous Kind of like what year was that where Brady was, was that 24, was it the 2014, 2015, like in round about there, where mm-hmm. the Pats are like high octane offense, and then that kind of went away and went back to the sort of kind of more grindy out type stuff, little balls over the top to Edelman. So I wonder if we're going to see a bit more action from the Pats going forward this year. It'll be a lot more exciting than the 9 6 victories or whatever it was that Danny and Scott saw when they were out. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, that was terrific. That what an experience that would have been. Um, they've added to their wide receiver core with Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, they already got Devante Parker. Um, you're looking for them to probably be either going to free agency again or maybe try to pick up a wide receiver in the the draft. You would imagine. Um, yeah. I have them like possibly drafting a wide receiver, maybe not first round, but you know it depends who's sitting there. Because if one of those high end uh, wide receivers is sitting, because the Pats are fourteenth, fourteenth, yeah, they're right in the middle of the round, kind of thing. So it's you know, I mean, maybe GSN slips. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, because I I had him sitting somewhere in the eleven to thirteen. Only takes one one spot more, and then all of a sudden he's. 
sitting there for the parts. I don't know if I'm them, you know, I don't think I would resist taking probably the, the top wide receiver option in the draft if he's there. Although Grant would have us believe that he's going to the Bears along with all the other wide receivers that they have. <laughs> we need more weapons. Fields needs more weapons. <laughs> um, speaking of top wide receivers, um, sad to hear that one has said that he's going to retire today. Tyreek Hill, the chief himself, said he's going to retire, but um, With a, an don't have to worry. Yeah, don't have to worry <laughs> too much, Finns fans. Um, it's not going to be until 2025, so we've got another two seasons of the Cheetah. Um Doing his thing with with two, what's that? Two more, two more um, Super Bowl rings for him then in the the next couple. Why for sure? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I mean, that's uh, with with Cheetah though. It's like he definitely didn't show any signs of slowing down last no. year, and then he had his whole uh, even that the magic somehow appearing from a rock of people with the ball touchdown as well, and then spent <laughs> the life in the field with it. That was probably my favourite Cheetah moment last year. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Five years, fair enough. I think he could probably stay fast for five years. Like he, it looked pretty good when he did that. Um, what was that, sixty or eighty meters sprint? No, or not, not like five years, two years, twenty twenty-five. Twenty twenty-five at thirty-one, age of thirty-one. He's planning to to retire. Last year he got well, one thousand seven hundred and ten yards. Yeah, <laughs> he could definitely keep it up for two years. But I mean, we'll see if he actually does retire in uh, two years' time. Because I'm not sure. I believe it. Because nah. if he's still playing the way he is right now, um, then I think he'll keep going for another few years after that. So I, I, I doubt that there's that. I don't know why he's even talking about retiring right now. It's is that a slow news day? Is that that why he just decided I would <laughs> must, throw that out there? Must be. Hey, I also saw a video. Th- video. Oh, yeah, the video of him with the, the Browns fan. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see that. I, I imagine that the, the Browns wouldn't have been able to pay for him, uh, Watson, um, Chubb, all the, the other ones there is, at the same time. Miles Garrett, like <laughs> all these people. Yeah. That, <laughs> I've only got what seven million odd in cap space remaining or something like that. I think I saw. And plenty of running around. It'd be money. interesting to see. Interesting to see. Um, I'm sure he'd uh, even made Baker look good um, with his time there. Um, another QB in the news who is um, continuing to recover from his surgery as a 49ers QB and. A Rumours are led to believe he's going to be QB1 when he comes back. Is Brock Purdy. Um, it looks like he's got a robotic arm after elbow surgery. So I we'll think we'll if... have to. <laughs> I was yeah. say, we'll see if that's cheating or if uh... <laughs> whether he's going to get all that hardware taken out. Obviously, build like, them bigger, faster, it. stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the $6 million Purdy. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be quite interested to see. Um, do you think the. Be him or, or Lance? Do you think the the Niners will maybe look to get another QB in this this year? Well, if rumor is correct, and I, I know mm-hmm. this is a guy we're going to talk about, they've apparently been talking to a local boy and fan of the team, Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, he he's been sounded out, seeing as he has not committed to the Jets as of yet, or that trade hasn't went down, but. Like I say, that's a rumor, so I can't. Ver- I have no sources to verify that, other than I saw people talking about it on Twitter, and I thought, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see it. Like he's been linked with the Niners every single year for the past five years. If you ask any Niners fan, they're always talking about him going there. So, um, do I think he'll actually go? No, because uh, I don't. The Niners don't have enough draft picks. 
think, well, we do have enough draft picks, but there are lots of late round picks kind of thing yes. that we could use. Yes. But who knows how much the you know the Packers are actually going to get for Aaron Rodgers at the age he is. Um, he has a very, very good quarterback, though, so I think they're going to get more than some fourth and fifth round picks. That's what I would what I would say. I think there's at least a second Aye. in there somewhere. I think this is a, this is just one to kind of give a wee prod to the, the Jets that if he's, they're not going to kind of force the issue, then he'll maybe be yeah. going elsewhere and something to kind of push everything back into action because it has been really, really quiet. Yeah. I've not heard it's... the McAfee uh, podcast from t- today to find out the latest, but um... <laughs> what he's what he's doing now or what he's been <laughs> what he's been doing with the spring break kind of thing. But, yes. Yeah. I mean going back to what we're saying though with Lance and Purdy, it's one of these things where Purdy's clearly I mean he took the team to like a championship game. Yes. He was third man up, of course, like after Lance went down injured and then Jimmy G went down injured and then he came mm-hmm. in. But, he, you know, he did it over a bunch of games. It wasn't like he walked in and had, you know, at the start of the playoffs and had a, luck, a lucky couple of games. Like the guy, no. you know, what, cause, I mean, he played how many? What, six or seven regular season games? Something like that, yeah. Just checking the, the now, yeah. yeah. Um, so I remember so- some argument for him to get like rookie of the year. But... He came in from week 13 against the, yeah. the Dolphins. Um, through for 210 yards in that game. Yeah. The only time it went under 200 yards was against the the Bucks in the last game of the regular season against the the Cardinals. But I think they were protecting my wee bit there in the the Cardinals game. Um, that one didn't really mean anything. Seen yeah. they made it to the the off season. Yeah. Then you, as you said, the wild card game against the the Seahawks, 332 yards and three touchdowns. Um, then against the the Cowboys, another two hundred and fourteen uh, yards. Cowboys kind of did some funny stuff in that game, which sort of led to those lower totals. <laughs> mm-hmm. They kind of made it a bit easy for the Eagles. But then beaten by the the Eagles in the in yeah. the last game. But again, beaten and broken by the Eagles. Beaten and broken only. I twenty. I forgot he got injured in that one. I remember uh, that last yeah. his arm. <laughs> it did not be as. Uh, but yeah, like for, for the Niners, though, I would say right now they're saying all the right things because it's that kind of thing of, well, the guy took you there, so of course you're going to say, oh yeah, he's our number one. However, if he's not ready for the start of the season, which is a real possibility with the nature of that injury, yeah, and Lance starts the year for you, if Lance starts game one and then you know game two, if he's played well, how can you take him out? And he's also, a, you know, he's a first round draft pick, so there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of kind of gloss and shine on that name still. Even though, yeah, I know he's not really done much in the NFL so far. He's been a bit unlucky with injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for, for you, if you were the head coach, if Lance, let's say they've won their first two games and Trey Lance has ran with the ball loads and threw a bunch of touchdowns to Kittle and Samuel and whoever else, do you think you could pull him out and throw Brock in or are you just going to keep riding with him until he gets injured again, maybe? Or rides out the season? I know you've you've got to go with Lance then if if he's the the guy in possession of the the shirt and he, he's playing well um, then of course you you've got to ride that that hot ticket there. I'm going to throw a wee um, wee spanner in the works there. You're forgetting that they also have Sta- Sam Darnold. That's <laughs> and right. Their QB I forgot about Darnold. I mean, you know what? <laughs> Darnold is finally going to get his chance, and, uh, <laughs> and that's the thing. Was what happens if Darnold walks in and does well? 
does that mean Brock's really good, or is this uh, all the questions come back out again of like, oh well, it's really just the offense that's in, that's <laughs> the, that team is doing so well that they're you know they're dragging him forward and that's what's winning them games. Any quarterback could do it. <laughs> Listen, you've got Samuel Ayuk. Uh, there as well, and you've got, of course, Christian McCaffrey there. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Whoever yeah. they've got is uh, in their QB there, um, yeah. they'll be all right. And I, I hope, because of the promise that we saw with Brock Purdy, and uh, I think it's the story that goes with it as yeah. well, being uh, the forgotten man, Mr. Is it Mr. Irrelevant, which Irrelevant. I, think they, I think they need to retire that because like there's so many players now that end up going undrafted. Yes. And then have fantastic careers. It's like it doesn't really being the last pick of the draft doesn't really have the same terrible name to it as it used to. Because I mean, really, it's a good thing because it shows that you're still good enough to hand a rookie contract to, even if you're a seventh round pick. Yeah, it's still still it's a, it's a nice story, and that's what the NFL well, is wonderful at wrapping it up beautifully. Um, going from Mister Irrelevant to uh, the number one pick and uh, overall. Um, draft that was Trevor Lawrence. Um, he was saying that he's super excited after his first throne session with Calvin Ridley. Um, Calvin Ridley, of course, returning to the game after how many seasons out? Is it... Oh, just just the one. Just the one. Yeah, one full. I think there was a couple one of full games year. as well. Yeah, two games. Like, last whole year he missed, and then he was banned for a bit at the end of the previous season. Is that too long to be out? Do you think or? No, I think that, you know, for Ridley, it's like Ridley, clearly, because there was enough interest, Ridley mm-hmm. has clearly been keeping himself in good shape. And I think because of how he was kicked out of the league, he's going to come in here with an absolute fire in his belly and he's yeah. going to play as hard as he possibly can. So I can believe what Trevor Lawrence is saying when he's uh, when he put it out there that he was really excited after that first, that first session with him. Because, I mean, now you've got Lawrence... And you've got Kirk there. Um, who's their tech? Zay Jones. Ingram. Zay Jones. Zay Jones Travis as well, who looked great well last year. Back. Yeah. ETN. Like, yeah. The, the Jags are they looking good. Yeah. The thing, I, I'd be excited if I was a Jaguars fan. So. Certainly a team you look out for when it comes to um, your fantasy uh, teams. This, this Definitely. Upcoming I, mean, I, was a, I was a Kirk truther last year, and that worked out pretty well for me. So, uh, yeah, did well. Did well. It's a great. Great spot. Uh, Ridley hadn't hasn't played since October twenty one. Um, the season before twenty twenty season, it's thirteen hundred yards, thirteen yeah, uh, one thousand three hundred seventy four. So he's proven at the top level that he can do it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can get how quickly he can get back to those standards with the the Jags uh, the Jags this time. Aye, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, just a few more wee bits of news that we the. Go over then. Uh, the Bills new stadium has been agreed with the state and the county. Have you had a wee look at this? I know you're a I have, yeah. <laughs> big <laughs> fan the f- of the first making yeah. sure that it's not a dome. That's exactly that. I was gonna say the very first thing I did as soon as they said, here's the plans and it's approved. I went to look at it and went, does it have a roof? And it did <laughs> not have a roof. So I was like, This is great, we're still gonna get our snow games. It's like so that's some I, I think that's uh the local conditions is a magical thing in the NFL yes. or in any sport because it's like, you know, you want to see, I know obviously games can get cancelled if there's too much snow and all that, but there's something special about seeing a snow game oh, as well. Absolutely. And it's like, it's part of the, I know people go, oh, you know, maybe we can't throw it as much. 
the snow games we had this year, people were still chucking the ball about. Like the fins were going for it, the bills were going for it. So it's like it's it's not just the the ground and pound thing that used to happen back in the sixties and seventies. Like so, yeah. No, to me, I, I think the stadium looks nice. If I'm a Bills fan, I'd be delighted. They'll seem mental anyway, so they're probably happy. There's no dome. I think they like being cold. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. They're, no, they're practically Canadians. <laughs> they're just across the lake <laughs> from Toronto yeah. anyway. Like probably half the crowd are from uh, Toronto actually. Now that I think about it. So. <laughs> I was really looking forward to them. It was rumours it was going to be a snow game last season um, between the yeah. Bills and the Bengals. So we'd just have our, our, our uh, second son and uh, we're still on paternity leave at the time. So we stayed up quite late, my wife and I, just making sure it was all right. And I was waiting for the game. I was looking forward to it. And that was the one yeah. that Damar Hamlin yeah. had that uh, horrific uh, health scare and injury. And it was, first of all, you're looking forward to the, the snow game and everything that comes with that. But then... The drama that, that yeah, came from that was it all. terrible. But like you said, all the different teams and the different stadia and how the the conditions play into um the home team's advantage going from the extremes of the like the Vikings and the uh, Bills on the north there to the Dolphins in Florida, who strategically made sure that yeah. the, the home team are the in the shade. Yeah, and the visitors. Uh, and the visitors <laughs> and it gets even warmer there. It's just it's an actual yeah. heat, heat trap there. Um, uh, it's brilliant. Uh, this all adds to it. Um, and then you've got the, the fins going up north, and I wish it was colder. Uh, yeah. Mike McDaniels was saying, oh, terrific. I love all the yeah. mind games that goes with it all. Terrific. That's, that's like one of the fun things in the, the CFL, because obviously they're their season, because um, partly it's to kind of keep it a bit away from the NFL, they do like a summer mm-hmm. season. So right now we're actually kind of starting to ramp up like uh, all the free agency stuff's happening in the CFL. Yep. And they're heading towards like the spring training camps because the, the season starts in May. Uh, so they get going then and it runs all the way through. So by the time you play the Grey Cup, that's in November. So depending where it is, you can end up with like, there's been years where it's been here, like in Edmonton. And it's mm-hmm. been minus 30 kind of thing, then wind chill on top of that. And it's like the fans are still there and they're all up, the, you know, higher up in the stadium and you're getting blasted by the cold. But one of the things I like seeing during those like kind of late October, November games is you see whenever the players are off, the, whether it's defence or the offence, uh, come off the field, they basically have a, for both, the, you know, Edmonton's nice, they give it for both the, the home and the, the away teams. There's these big, great big kind of jet engine space heaters. Yes. Like all behind it's the benches, terrific. so you just see all the players like running over and holding their hands in front of yeah. the receivers, or they're like rubbing their hands in front of it, kind of thing. And the, the kickers there kind of try to warm up his, his hammies and <laughs> to make sure that he's not going to pull one when he's trying to kick a ball in minus 30. <laughs> so I used, to, I, used to, I used to work for a, a place years and years ago, and I was, I think it was 16 at the time, and they had one of them in the the yard, and um, oh, that's amazing, that thing. I think I, oh, great. I started to feel, <laughs> my tricky bottom started to melt a wee bit and <laughs> shell shoot time. It was a fire hazard and everything, but um, oh, wonderful. What, 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 what a thing. Remember shell I used to make a like, comeback. See my vintage. <laughs> I was going to say, I used to have an absolutely fantastic, like, kind of, it was almost like, remember the Scotland top? There was like the purple and pink and white. Like, yes. The, yes. That one, obviously. The to go with that. Top. So it wasn't quite that, but it was the same color. It didn't have that mad pattern, but it was like the same colors, like the purple and pink, kind of mm-hmm. black stripes and stuff like that. I love that shell suit. It was great. 
Oh, but you're right, they're total fire hazard. Like, uh, everybody smoked back then. No, as we were waves, but like, right. everybody smoked back then too. So it's like, I, I wonder how many folk ended up big giant bumholes in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, last wee bit of news then that we've got Austin Eckler. Um, he's been the Chargers had allowed him to, to see if he could get a trade elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but no takers. The, the man that is the fantasy miracle. Um, is not um, find a, a new home for himself, and looks. He's saying he may have to play one more season with the Chargers. Is that a sad thing? Do you think, or turn out it could be quite good for the both of them? I mean, it's obviously good for the Chargers because they're keeping Austin Eckler around, and you know him and Herbert have done pretty well together. Eckler's yeah. always good. Uh, it's one of these things where I, I never really understood why he was even looking. Away because again, the Chargers sure they seem to love shooting themselves in the foot, so I mean, maybe that's part of it. But I couldn't see any team that's a contender having enough cap space to go and trade for him. You know, he's he's good, but he's he's not McCaffrey, you know, I mean, it's not McCaffrey because the Niners obviously went out and got him, and that's made a huge difference to their team because it's given them that guy that can sort of kind of take them over the hump. Everything. For teams like my own, like the Bengals, we already have Mixon on big money. Because I saw people started talking about, oh, imagine we could get him as well. We could be like the Browns, we punt and chop. And I was just sitting going, like, well, one, we don't really pay that much money for folk. And there is no way. If we if we're getting Eckler on a trade, Mixon's getting cut this is the exact same day or the day before. Exactly. I think there's no way we're keeping both. So it's just it's the nature of the, the running back position, I guess. Like just but it's the, not as if he's a, a RB stud. Um Last I mean, it's in fantasy, but <laughs> I'd love to have fantasy. In fantasy. Is incredible. Yeah. 13 touchdowns last season, yeah. but he only got 915 yards. Didn't even break the, the thousand yards there yeah. from 204 attempts. Um, receiving yards only at 107 as well. So it's That's not as if he's, yeah, it's not as if he's really like contributing massive scores that way or helping the, the team get fully up the, the, the pitch there. But Aye, as long as he keeps scoring the fantasy points, he'll be uh, great um, collateral whenever it, it comes to fantasy time again. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, see, see what happens there, whether he, he stays or he goes. Was there any other bits of news that you noticed there? I think we kind of touched on it. I mean, I guess the, the Jets signing a quarterback, we never named him. Oh, yes. we, just, we, we talked about Aaron Rodgers a bit, potentially going to the Niners, but yeah, the, quite, that one big quite. thing was the Jets. Yes. Yeah, Tim Boyle has signed a one-year deal, um, teaming up again with uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, Where did he play with Hackett? Would have been at the the Packers, Green Bay Packers. So, so. there you go. So that's that's the only thing that makes me kind of pair my ears up a little bit with that because I'm like, okay, well, clearly he's you know he's a backup because it's like they they're, they're kind of clearing out the quarterback room a bit. Um, like Mike yeah. White was good, but he's gone. I think he's gone. Um, yes, he's at the Dolphins. Yeah, Milf Hunter is out in the cold, despite still being there. Uh, he's kind of definitely not as, you know, he's not flavour of the week at the Jets anymore. So, no. seeing Boyle and seeing he's a Hackett guy, and uh, he's not a Hackett guy, I don't mean it that way, but he's a Nathaniel <laughs> Hackett guy. <laughs> Having him there, that to me says, surely this, I would like them just to end this Aaron Rodgers thing. I just want it done now, actually. Let's, let's just put that out there. I'm kind of fed up talking about it. I just want to get to the talking about the Jets bit and then let's move on, get to next season. It just needs a conclusion there, doesn't yeah. it, really? 
be good if it was before the draft because I'd like to see the Packers get stuff so we can start thinking about, oh, how is this going to impact who's taking away or is it going to bump things around in the second round because they have different needs, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I think that brings our, our news um, part of the podcast to, to an end here. We'll pivot now and have a wee look towards the 2023 NFL Draft, which is a matter of 21 days away. Three weeks tonight, um, we'll be getting the first part, the first round of the the you know, uh, 2023 Draft will be starting. Um, I'm quite excited for this one. Um, last yeah. season, yeah, I watched last year's, I didn't take as much interest as I have this year. I, I didn't really look into who could be getting signed, but this year I've been listening to all the podcasts and I've got a good idea of the first round pick, certainly. Um, I've already done my first um, fantasy draft of the season, so I've got a wee idea of some of the the sleeper um, options that are available for, for people as well. So, But Stu, I'm looking for your help to, to give us a wee rundown of how it will unfold and what the structure of the NFL draft is, is for the for those that are maybe just coming to it, again, there'll be quite a few new listeners to yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the NFL, and we're hoping to part, impart a little bit of knowledge on there. I'm certainly still learning myself. So it's split up into three days. Mm-hmm. How many rounds are there? Seven rounds in total. Seven rounds. So depending on the team's position of where they finished the previous season, mm-hmm. depends on when they get to make a pick, it's um, but a country that hates the S word so much, it seems quite socialist of them. Yeah, it's uh, also kind of helping the the lowest up. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, so obviously, if you have a bad year, you're going to get a higher draft pick unless you trade Aye. away. Um, so yeah, because obviously, first picking first overall this year after they traded it. Well, the Bears were picking first overall and they traded it away for a thanks to Lovey Smith. Yeah. Yeah, thanks to Lovey Smith, like that, the Houston, well, Bears hero, he's getting his statue outside. <laughs> um, they traded it away, so now, as we mentioned earlier, it's uh, Carolina that are picking first overall. But yeah, so it basically goes in reverse order to where people finished. The play, you know, it's not from regular season strictly, though, because um, mm-hmm. what ends up happening is down to how teams have done in the playoffs, that impacts the later stage of each round. Yes. Uh, so, for instance, obviously the Chiefs won this year, so they're picking 32nd, and the Bengals would be picking 31st. Of course, this year, well, though, it's be. not quite that, because yeah. you can ask your question here. Like, I know we spoke I was about quite so, um, the Yeah, the Chiefs yeah. are picking 31st, so something happened with the Miami Dolphins, which meant they lost their pick. What was the, the story behind that? That was uh, they were. That was were they tapping up Tom Brady? Is that the, the thing that cost that them? It was. It was the they were having conversation like naughty on the side conversations with someone that they shouldn't have been having. They got yep. caught, and as a result, the league stepped in and said, "You're not getting your first round draft pick this year in 2023." Which, if you think about it, it's, that's quite the punishment, especially Absolutely. when you consider, like, um, you know, for example, the. We made free agency open this year, so they have the the what is it they call it the official designated tapping up conversation time, which sort yeah. of happens before real free agency. The amount of deals that I get announced in the first ten minutes 
of that like tapping up stage makes me go like, oh, of well, course. hold on a minute here. I'm like, surely people have been having conversations before that timeline is open. So, you know, I, I can understand maybe if the, the Dolphins maybe felt a bit aggrieved that they were called out, although they were maybe a little too public. It's Tom Brady. <laughs> so, I, think they say, I think they say it's from like Combine. Um, that's when the yeah. the tap up paintings they really really start there the they meetings of, yeah exactly yeah um, where it went wrong it's, but... it's interesting though that the dolphins would have had the twenty first pick as well so which is quite valuable. they had a good season like... I, very yeah um and they could have even used that to to trade up a wee bit higher if there was someone that they were interested in getting to so yeah. that could that could have been. Uh, an offensive lineman that they they were really interested on, uh, yep. <laughs> or definitely, especially in that especially in that range. It's like there's a few of the um, spacing on names right now, but like obviously I've been doing a lot of uh, mock drafts since yeah. the Bengals lost out, and uh, in that kind of twenty to forty pick range, uh, there's a there's a whole bunch of players I've been keen to zero in on who might be available when the Bengals pick. But those guys would obviously have been available when the Dolphins are picking. So, like, I think yeah. uh, there's uh, Antoine Harrison. Like, he's a he's a tackle that he might have kind of done a good job for them. And the same thing of like you said, they could have traded back. But it's it's just funny how that one thing them screwing up and doing something they shouldn't have. It's now going to impact things by you know they obviously don't get their pick, but then these yeah. players that might have been if they took a guy, everyone's now bumping back of things so it's, it's maybe the difference between a team getting a guy they were looking at or having access to a guy that they didn't think they were going to get before like in the next 10 picks it's, there's going to be a lot of variance in terms of what people's lists are like you know, team by so team. the first round's a big one that's the yep. teams get their, their first their main pick the one that's really you think there's going to make a, a difference to their, their team that's the one that's going to plug that big hole let's say in their roster somewhere yeah, or walk um, into the, the first, team like yeah. Yeah, the first ten you've got then. So Panthers have traded up from ninth yep. to the first from the Bears if what places. So Panthers and first. Second is the Houston Texans. Third is the Cardinals. Fourth Indianapolis uh, Colts. And then fifth, and I love this, um, is my Seattle Seahawks, who have got Denver's pick this well, year. Thanks to the so not only did they have a haunted <laughs> season with us, but the gift that keeps on giving is uh, we got their number one pick for this season up yep. to, to fifth. That, they had a really good season last year with um, the draft picks that they chose and managed to bed quite a few of them into the team. But the fact that we've got the fifth pick as well, we, if we choose, could maybe look to the future even more by possibly getting a, quite one of the highly rated QBs that is in this draft. Yep. It just depends on what the, the needs of the, the teams above us will be. Yeah, it's, it's think... of, it depends on whether Arizona, because I mean, I, I don't think they're going to go for I know Mike, uh, Kyler's injured and coming back from injury, but they've yeah, made yeah. him. He's clearly the guy there for the next while. They have new coaching staff that are coming in and they, they're looking at Kyler as the guy. So, the only thing I think that would depends s- if Kyler's up for answering the call of duty to play for. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd be part of the vanguard. Call out the call of duty <laughs> jokes now. Um, no, I was going to say like if Arizona maybe trade out for another team further down the list that want to move yes. up, maybe that changes what the Seahawks do because I could act, 
I could see them take the quarterback mm-hmm. fifth overall. And not to play the thing is, is like for them, they're really lucky in that they can be assessing guys right now, and they, you know, they don't need to go for like Stroud or someone who's maybe NFL ready, or you know, potentially NFL ready straight away. It's like they have Gino. Yeah, yeah. Gino was great last year, so why not? We've signed them to what a three-year deal. Yep. So bringing in a rookie who is maybe a bit more of a project, like uh, is it Richardson or I forget his name. Richardson, like he, yeah, yeah, Anthony Richardson. I know uh, everybody's obviously salivating over him, but the good thing with him from a Seahawks perspective is he's a bit younger than some of the other quarterbacks, so you maybe don't want to rush him. He's throwing, he does have an arm, but it wasn't as accurate as you would like to see. It has the running yep. stuff down. He's the perfect guy to you know slot in, and even he probably knows that there's some things in his game that he needs to develop. So if I'm him, I'd be like, okay, cool, yeah, I get to go play behind Gino, who, yeah, he was great, but also isn't maybe a insurmountable roadblock kind of thing. Yeah. So play behind him for two years, learn everything you can from a great pro, and then walk into a team that's like clearly going to be set up to keep going. The thing is with with Richardson, if it was to, to go to him, not just the, the arm, but he can learn the accuracy, you would hope be able to coach that into him a wee bit more. But he's also got the, the threat of being an electric runner. Yeah. Um, that is athlete. something that... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, his combined scores, his, his vertical jump and things like that was, was unreal. Um, I actually managed to catch that live. I tuned in the NFL Network uh, on the day and seen some of that, and it was unreal some of the, the work that was done there. Another name that interests me though is um Will Lev- uh, Levis. I keep going yep. to call him Levi's. Uh, Will Levis is another one who you could think that could be a bit of a project. Um, yeah. like he's, I, I, I mean he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's good, but he's he's a guy I think that would also benefit from maybe having a year or two. Yes. Behind yeah. someone else, and then then he'll be ready to go, kind of thing, rather than just like walking straight into the league and, yeah. or, you know, doing, doing right. what we did with you know, it's kind of like the way I saw Malik Willis last year, mm-hmm. like you know that same thing of like we saw what he did when he came into the league last year. We talked about it earlier. He wasn't that yeah, great. Yeah. Levis, he might come in and be like lights out, but I think it would be safer to let him learn, you know, learn with a team learn behind another solid quarterback, and then when his time is right, he's going to take the ball run with it because he looks good to me as well like he, he looks like he could get there eventually but. I think what we'll do next week is uh, we'll have a wee look at the players and the positions and yeah. the main names that we think will be going in the the draft it's really really interesting as I said there's been quite a few names that you're kind of salivating. You're really interested to see where the goal Levis was. Yeah, I'm uh... still on the... <laughs> I said the kids have just got back from school. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about the the draft though. Um, so as we said that the first round you've got the everybody getting their their own picks yeah. on the that's on the Thursday. On the Friday you've got the second and third rounds. Yeah. Um, and it's late in the third round that the Forty Niners um will really come into so, their yeah, own because. Picking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they've done so well um, with their coaches that other teams have noted that um, picked them. I think you'll find the, the Eagles are going to have uh, a bit with this as well. The the Chiefs, the uh, enemy, going to the Washington Commanders as well, where teams are compensated for losing such talented coaches. 
with the draft uh, capital um, and and the later rounds there and the, the third round onwards, which I think is a, a really really good way to yeah it's... for teams to to claim some back there because you're not really going to get the the monetary value whenever the the coaches move on, but the benefits then is you're kind of building for the future and that's allowing teams like the the 49ers to, to do it. Yeah, because they, they seem to have just turned into every single year. It's all, I mean, it's the way the Pats were for a long time as right. well, kind of thing where you just have this Shanahan. Yep. big turnover of all the coaches that have done pretty well and the teams that have yeah. done badly are obviously going to go talk to players from teams, or sorry, the players, coaches from teams that are successful. So yeah, I like that too. Like I like the fact that the teams get something back and um, the difference between the NFL and the NHL, they've changed this rule in the NHL now, thankfully. There used to be a, a rule where if a player, or not a player, a coach or an executive moved from one team to another, like if he still mm-hmm. technically had a contract, um, even if he was like basically told you're fired kind of thing by the, his previous team, like we don't have a job for you anymore. Yeah there would be a draft pick sent across. So, for instance, um, when I first moved to Edmonton, a guy, Peter Shirelli, moved from the Boston Bruins to the Edmonton Oilers to become their general manager. And that resulted in the, the Oilers having to give up their second-round pick. And it's like, that's a, in hockey, second-round pick, same as the NFL, like second-round pick's probably a player that's going to help you out sooner rather than later, like in the league. Yeah, of course. I think it's not like it's a nothing kind of thing, but it was, the way I like it in the NFL though, is it's a, they add the picks on at the end of the round. So it's just basically a case of like, okay, what's this coach done? Is he worth a third round pick or a fourth round pick? And the same thing for players, like, okay, this player you've got, he's an RFA. Um, he's uh, going to, you know, that, that player's going to kind of move on to this team. So he would have been worth this. So cool, yes. you're going to get a fifth round pick or say it was T Higgins or something. Like, okay, you're going to get a third round pick because you weren't able to keep his contract in your team and he's been off and joined the Bears. He yes. with every other wide receiver there. So it's, I, I like the fact <laughs> that there's no punishment, though, for the team that are signing him. And it's just uh, yes. there's an extra pick. And it's probably also good for the, if you think about it, it's great for the college athletes as well. Because I know... We talk about Mr. Irrelevant from last year, uh, Purdy, when he was the last pick in the seventh round. If you think about it, like if it was back 20, 30 years ago before they did the uh, compensatory pick thing, he wouldn't have been picked at all. He would have been much further down because there's only so many draft picks. You'll find quite a lot of the players that that do get that chance, though, that there will be players will be cut. But it's, it's about giving them that chance to experience training and playing with proper NFL players, maybe they have yeah. shown at college, they might mm-hmm. not be able to make that step up, some of them will take them a wee while they'll make the step up, but maybe in a year or so's time they'll maybe join some practice squads or something like that So I'm going to come to you now before we, we finish up for your statistic of the week okay, So my statistic of the week is actually related to exactly what we have been talking about compensatory draft picks Terrific. So the number one team with most compensatory draft picks is 95, which is when I think it all started. Ooh. Is none other than the Baltimore Ravens. They've had Ooh. 53 in wow. total since they started out. Um, and that's 
obviously the Ravens have had a lot of, or you know, a lot more good years than bad years <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. since they moved from Cleveland and yeah. came the Baltimore Ravens. It's like one of those things where, you know, they they've kind of like uh, they've done pretty well. So it's that kind of same thing of what we're seeing now with the Niners, where a lot of its coaches. Yeah. As well as players, because you know, they've, ah, yeah. they've had a lot of good players. I think that have kind of came through the works, like uh, Hayden Horse that we mentioned earlier on. Exactly. As well. So yeah, that, so that was my statistic of the week. Ravens have had the most. Do you want to know who's had the least? Um, yeah, go for it. I'm trying to think if there was anyone that would stand out to me. Um, I would so, go for the Cardinals. The Cardinals are actually above the middle, immediately below. They have 26 in our history. Above them is the Niners with 29. Ooh, so They've got the, three uh, from 96 to 100 um, this year. Well, there you go. They're adding to the list. Lowest is the Saints. They've only ever had nine. Oh, wow. So I don't know if that's because they keep signing their players or whether because they just let guys go and they're Nobody's signing them. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when their players bomb, they bomb. <laughs> Second most is the Browns, which is actually who I thought was going to be worst because they've been so, like, you know, they're also kind of a slightly newer team in the franchise coming mm-hmm. back because so, I don't think they were back in 95. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought they were going to be up there, but the Saints being the lowest is kind of surprising to me, but yeah, that's what it is. Fantastic. Stuart, I. Love that. Thank you very much. It has been, for only two of us, I, I, I think we've kept that going quite well. It's been plenty to talk about, as it seems to be every week in the NFL. Um, so thank you very much for, for joining me this week, mate. Yeah, most welcome. It's also been surprisingly or more amicable than it usually is. I'm normally used to getting a bit of abuse from that, other mate? members, whether it's Studs or Brian or not Liam, though Liam's usually, he's nice. He's a nice <laughs> we got on well. I like, he is a nice boy. He's a, he's a good yeah. guy. Uh, I, they're just agitators, those ones. They're trying to be oh, the yeah. shock jocks, right? We'll, we'll work. <laughs> <laughs> this Bye. has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed that, mate. Thanks very much. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed listening, please like and subscribe to the crew. You can do that on YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitch and follow us on Twitter at gridironcrew. We'd love you to get in touch, get your questions across to the crew, and we'll get them answered for you during the, the podcast, um, and we'll be a wee bit more active over the social media in the following weeks anyway. Yeah, time um, to ramp up again, season's coming. I think, I think especially as it's <laughs> coming up to the, the draft, we'll certainly be doing I love the draft. Some, more, <laughs> some more podcasts. We're going to get a special guest on next week, I had a, a message before we started, um, so look forward to a special guest being on and nice. we will be having a wee look at the, the draft uh, as it comes up previewing that um, and we'll be doing a lot more coverage of the draft and some live shows um, during it, after it as well, so lots to look forward to from the crew long long time till the, I think it's 7th of September the, the first game Aye. back will be but don't worry, the crew will get you through, um, thanks very much for listening and I'll speak to you next week